Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with FCC Principal Economist Craig Clemmer. Also, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will have details on the Living Labs project. And up first in today's country comment, Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson will look ahead to next week's FPT Agriculture Minister's meeting in Saskatoon. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson to look ahead to next week's FPT Agriculture Minister's meetings held in Saskatoon. A few of us are arriving Sunday, and we've got tours on Monday, and then the meetings start on Tuesday. So hopefully that all comes together. What are you hoping to see, um, you know, come out of those meetings? Yeah, so before we get to the uh, the FPT roundtable Wednesday late afternoon, we've got a fairly full agenda, as this is uh, the Canadian Federation of Agriculture semi-annual meeting. We always piggyback it on to the FPT, so... Um, it'll be great to sit down with uh, everyone who's able to make it for the day and a half or almost two days and, and go through all of our agenda. And obviously, we'll we'll learn a lot in those discussions as we go into the roundtable Wednesday late afternoon. And um, really, the uh, I'd say the main thrust of, of our, uh, our list uh, for the uh, FPT roundtable, you know, recognizing a couple of, of obvious points. One would be, you know, the food security concerns we see around the world and also the, the concern and the focus on the fight on climate change and, and how we get through that. So we're going to be um, asking government to, you know, recognize that the funding envelope has remained stagnant for 20 years for, for the policy framework. So we need to see that increase. We cannot continue to see farmers asking or being asked to do more with less because as we see our costs going up and and those numbers remain stagnant it means that we do have less and less and less so we've got to see um you know uh our potential as being climate solutions providers we're only going to get to that uh, through programming that's designed in partnership with farmers to address those barriers for all of us to adopt on farm environmental best management practices we know uh, government has set some incredibly ambitious uh, climate change uh, reduction, or I guess in particular uh, nitrous oxide reduction emission targets. And, and when we look at, at farmers and, and recognize that we're the stewards of 7% of Canada's entire land base and, and we're owners of businesses that are being directly impacted by these extreme weather events, we certainly have an interest in in making sure that we we see uh, those extreme weather events uh, addressed and, and climate change mitigated, but we can't see it uh, all being passed on to farmers to bear the brunt of it. Uh, we can do so much for so many industries beyond agriculture as far as our ability to mitigate climate change, sequester more carbon, and just bring a whole bunch of other uh, benefits to to ecology. Uh, we need to see there be significant investment to help uh, agriculture do that. Right. Um, I guess just anything else you'd like to see uh, come out of next week? or? Well, really, the, the, big, the big thing, obviously, is to see that funding envelope increase. Uh, we've been told for such a long time that uh, we just have to make do with the money that's there. And when we look around at 
all the volatility in the world. Uh, we look at the uncertainty as, as far as uh, in eastern Canada, a, a, a lot of concern about how we're going to secure nitrogen moving forward is one example. We see the cost of diesel and you see the spikes in, um, in interest rates. Uh, we certainly have a very robust conversation uh, to have with government, but it all comes down to ensuring the envelope is increased so that we can have uh, a meaningful backstop. We can, we can have some confidence as business people investing in agriculture to move forward. So really, the, the main issue for us is making sure that government steps up and, and really partners with producers so that we can achieve so many of these achievable goals if, we, if we're properly uh, funded and we have the right policies. So it, it's not just money, but it's also making sure that we've got friendly policies that don't, don't hog tie us, but let us uh, get at it. And um, we were just talking off air, but you're out in that Prince Edward Island uh, area. How is the, uh, how's the potato crop looking this year? Well, I think uh, I, I was away last week, and when I got home, I was uh, amazed at the the uh, significant growth that had happened. We're seeing a lot of road closure, and we're seeing blossom, and uh, Jesus, there's nothing more beautiful than, in my mind, than driving uh, and seeing a, a PEI Vista with uh, our red soil, our, our uh, blue water, and uh, potato blossoms and, and gorgeous green plants. Um, and I, I have definitely uh, heard reports that uh, the potato crop at this point in time is, it, I know the early crop, which is usually a very small crop, a niche crop, uh, been the strongest crop that uh, people have seen in 50 years. So we did learn last year a strong crop doesn't always uh, mean great things because we do have to get them to market. So uh, it, it ain't over until the check's cashed, I guess. That was Mary Robinson, president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association is headed to Calgary to take on the role of general manager with the Canadian Cattle Association. Ryder Lee says he's looking forward to helping producers from a new role, but admits it's a little bittersweet. You know, there's lots of things we built here, whether it's relationships or or successes we've had or, or programs that we've got going or or still in the offing that uh you know you're they're in good hands with the the board and staff we have here but i'll be watching watching how things unfold with with a little more vested than than some others lee served as ceo with the sca for the past seven years and moves into his new role with the cca in september Stats Canada says Canadian potato farmers planted 385,000 acres of potatoes this year. That's up 0.1% compared with last year. PEI continued to report the largest seeded area at 80,500 acres, followed closely by Manitoba at 79,500 and Alberta at 72,300 acres. Despite maintaining the largest areas of potatoes, Prince Edward Island reported the most significant drop in acreage in 2022, The decrease of 5,500 acres is primarily due to the uncertainty of export markets for the upcoming crop. With the release and adjustments made in this week's WASDI report, we saw a shift in the markets as future contracts for virtually all commodities moved lower. Grain market analyst Brennan Turner says ending stocks came in higher than expected, which would have played a factor, especially considering here at home crops are looking not too bad. Yes, it's behind in a couple places, but having toured around uh, parts of Manitoba and Saskatchewan uh, this past week, you know, I can say that you know things have rebounded or are looking pretty good. And yes, it's still behind for sure, but uh, nonetheless, there's most of the farmers that I talk to are, are remaining cautiously optimistic. 
He notes another key factor influencing the futures markets is the fact we're starting to see some movement of Ukrainian grain, which had been stalled. So there's a little bit more optimism about that happening. And the federal government has expanded a program to include agriculture and finding ways to reduce greenhouse gases. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo has announced nine new living labs across the country, including British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland and Labrador, at a cost of $54 million. Each lab, which brings together farmers and scientists, will focus on identifying innovative technologies and on-farm management practices that can be adopted by farmers countrywide to tackle climate change. Bebo told the news conference that farmers are on the front lines of climate change and the labs get research out of the lab and onto real working farms. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, July 15th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. The federal government has expanded a program to include agriculture and finding ways to reduce greenhouse gases. Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo has announced nine new living labs across the country, including B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland and Labrador, at a cost of $54 million. It's always great to visit Alberta during the stampede when everyone is celebrating our world-class farmers and agriculture industry. I'm pleased to be here with Melanie from Alberta Beef Producer, uh, who's the chair of the Alberta Beef Producers, and Kim, who's the director of the Food Water Wellness. Thank you for everything you do to preserve our soils, water, grasslands, and biodiversity. Together, you are making a real difference for our environment. Alberta farmers are already leaders in climate-smart agriculture, feeding Canada and the world. Here in Alberta and across Canada, our farmers are adopting approaches in technologies such as precision agriculture, zero tillage, rotational grazing, environmental farm plants, and our cattle producers are playing a vital role in preserving our grasslands. They are storing carbon and providing habitat for wildlife, including many endangered species. Across Canada, farmers are on the front lines of climate change. And Alberta is no exception, with the drought that has impacted livestock, crops, and farmers' incomes. We know that partnership is the best way forward on the environment. That's why three three years ago, the Government of Canada pioneered a new collaborative model for helping Canadian farmers protect the environment on their farms. We call it the Living Labs. And it's a made-in-Canada approach that gets research out of the lab and onto real working farms. Farmers and scientists work side-by-side in the field. Together, they develop and test practices and technologies that help the farmer protect the environment and grow the business. With Living Labs, farmers are just not consulted. They are, are, they are out there with the researchers testing solutions in real conditions on real farms across the country. Those solutions help farmers address environmental issues while gaining important economic benefits. Over the past several years, we've launched living labs in Prince Edward Island, Quebec, Ontario, and the Eastern Prairies. And today, 
I'm pleased to announce a federal investment of $54 million to expand living labs right across Canada. Under the Agricultural Climate Solution Living Labs Program, this funding will support nine new living labs in Newfoundland and Labrador, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Saskatchewan, British Columbia, and right here in Alberta, where we're investing over $16 million to support our two lead agencies, Alberta Beef Producers and the Alberta Conservation Association in partnership with Food Water Wellness. These projects will focus on key areas, such as improving carbon storage through cropping systems and herd and nutrient management. And in Saskatchewan, we are making history by supporting the first ever Living Lab project to be led by an Indigenous community. I also want to mention another project under the new Living Lab in British Columbia, which will also benefit cattle producers in Alberta. Supported by a federal investment of $6 million, the Forage Seed Association will work with producers in the Peace River region to improve carbon storage and reduce emissions. If we're going to ask Canadian farmers to feed the world sustainably, they need to get their hands on the right tools as quickly as possible. This innovative and collaborative research approach will help them do just that. Our government understands that if we are to address environmental challenges, we must work from the ground up, as we are doing here in Alberta. Smart action on the climate today is an investment in a strong future for farming and farm families and for Canada's economy too. By working together and by making the necessary investments, we can build on our strong record of innovation and environmental performance. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibo speaking yesterday with the announcement on nine new living labs across the country. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Call 204-343-2061 for appointments or for more information. Egg in Motion, Western Canada's outdoor farm show is back, taking place July 19th to the 21st at Langham, Saskatchewan. Sessions run from 8.30 until 4.30 each day. You'll see the newest egg technology in the fields, be able to touch innovative new products and equipment, as well as connect with farmers and industry live and in person. The Manitoba 4R Nitrogen Management Field Tour takes place July 29th. The event is jointly hosted by Manitoba Agriculture, Fertilizer Canada, and the 4R Industrial Research Chair Program at the University of Manitoba. The tour takes place near Manitou. Signs will be posted on Highway 244. Registration ends July 22nd. Call 204-290-7827. The Manitoba Stampede and Exhibition happens July 22nd to the 24th in Morris. The Canadian Semitol Association is holding its annual meeting July 23rd in Portage La Prairie. Details at Semental.com. The Thanks for Farming Tour 2022 is coming to Winkler's Meridian Exhibition Centre July 27th and 28th. 
Tickets are $10, and you can get them at thanksforfarmingtour.com. A combine college is planned for July 28th at Stride Place in Portage La Prairie. Register with Manitoba Canola Growers Association. Manitoba Threshermen's Reunion and Stampede is taking place July 28th to the 31st at the Manitoba Egg Museum in Austin. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, Farm Credit Canada says the agriculture industry is in a good position to weather inflationary pressures and higher interest rates. Here's principal economist Craig Clemmer. So, I mean, when we look at the overall agriculture industry, I guess the first thing I would say is that commodity prices are high, and at the aggregate, um, you know, we're expecting farm cash receipts and farm revenue to increase quite strongly this year. And the agriculture industry should be in a good position to to handle the higher interest rates. Now, we know that everybody's situation is going to be different. So, as I mentioned, that's at the aggregate. Um, and, you know, for those those uh, producers that, um, you know, whether it's production challenges or, you know, certain sectors of, of the agriculture sector, uh, commodity prices are lower uh, and, and also dealing with high input costs, they may have, have more, you know, a different situation. Uh, than than the aggregate. But overall, when we look at the Canadian agriculture sector, Manitoba agriculture, um, you know, if we get good crops, good production this year, which is still some caveats, uh, absolutely, um, we should be in a position to weather weather these higher interest rates quite well. And Craig, I guess, uh, just talk about the importance of uh, the ability to service debt. Yeah, I mean, arguably, you know, debt servicing is, is something that's very important and making sure that we have adequate cash on hand. We're dealing with a, um, an environment right now where we have rising input prices, um, whether it's feed prices up over 40%, fertilizer prices well over 50%, depending on what, you know, what type of fertilizer we're talking about, and fuel prices up over 35%. So, you know, producers have been taking on more short-term debt as well as long-term debt to, to finance and make investments in their operations and improve efficiency. But it's very important that we're able to service that debt and we have adequate cash flow on hand uh, to, to make those debt payments to protect that, um, your credit rating, et cetera. Canadian agriculture and, and agriculture producers are con- constantly adapting to the changing market environment, and that's not new. This year, uh, we are dealing with some of the higher input prices that we've seen in history, uh, but conversely, those have been matched with very strong commodity prices, um, you know, specifically for grains and oil seeds. What I think is new is that over the you know the last several years, so many uh, Canadians have been comfortable with more of a falling interest rate environment, and there has you know we've we've moved interest rates quite a bit lower, uh, for, you know, for the last uh, 10, 20 years here. So it's new in the fact that we are seeing rising interest rate environment. We've seen interest rates move up 2.25% already, and the expectation is that we'll continue to see rates rising as as inflation remains high, and and uh, the Bank of Canada is you know leveraging that tool to to help um, to help mitigate future future inflationary pressures. What this does mean for farm operations is that. You know, over the past several years where we have seen interest rates declining, we may have seen some capitalization of those asset values, uh, you know, of those declines in, in interest payments into asset values. And now we're kind of seeing this opposite effect where we, you know, we've seen the housing market, I guess, specifically where they're talking about sales declining, et cetera. Don't necessarily see that happening in, in the, the agriculture sector. There's still really strong demand and revenues continue to be moving forward. But we may see some slowing in that appreciation of asset values in the short term as we digest these higher interest rate environments. 
All right, uh, Craig, any other uh, key uh, thoughts here today? You know, I, I think at the end of the day, at, at this point, Canadian agriculture at the aggregate is well positioned to, to service these, uh, this changing market environment. Uh, you know, the big question is, is what is production going to be looking like? And, and, and those are going to be the biggest threat in the very short term in terms of uh, the farm economy and, and the higher input prices that we've been dealing with and, and some of that uncertainty that we're moving forward on. That was Craig Clemmer, Principal Economist with Farm Credit Canada. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Crop Hail Association says hail damage ranged from light to medium after recent storms across western Canada. The storms occurred June 25th through to July 2nd. CCHA member companies are investigating more than 1,450 claims of crop damage during the time period. Some areas are also affected by drought. Later seeding and cooler temperatures have affected crop maturity. Other areas are very wet and that has delayed access to the fields. CCHA President Scott McQueen said the adjuster force is working across all three prairie provinces, noting damage continues to be light to medium in most areas. He adds crops seem more advanced in Alberta compared to Saskatchewan and Manitoba. The Canadian Cattle Association has hired a new general manager. Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association CEO Ryder Lee is headed to Calgary to take on the role. SCA Chair Arnold Balicki says he's leaving the organization with a strong foundation. Over the years during his tenure, we've come a long ways as a board. I mean, we, we have strong policy and strong governance and, you know, really a, a great strategic plan. And to that, you can add that we have a great relationship with government and our external organizations. And you can thank Ryder for that. So we're, we're grateful for the years that we had him. But, I mean, it's not over. We're still going to be working with him through CCA. Lee served as CEO with the SCA for the past seven years and moves into his new role with the CCA in September. Future contracts for virtually all grain commodities moved lower following the release of this week's WASDI report. Grain market analyst Brendan Turner says the news that ending stocks came in higher than expected would have had some impact. The second is that we were starting to see some some movement potentially of, of Ukrainian grain out of out of ports that uh, have largely been you know stalled and, and uh, not moving any grain. And so there's a little bit more optimism about about that happening. Now, I think the third one is that all things being equal, despite the late start, especially in Western Canada, the U.S. Northern Plains, the crop is looking not too bad. The president and CEO of Patterson Global Foods, Andrew Patterson, received the Order of Manitoba yesterday, along with 11 other Manitobans. In addition to the economic impact of PGF headquarters in Manitoba, Andrew served for nine years as chair of the Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation, funded the Red River College Culinary Program, and the Urban Circle Training Center supporting Indigenous students. He also served 14 years as Honorary Colonel of the Fort Gary Horse, assisting military personnel and their families. The Order of Manitoba was established in 1999. And Manitoba Canola Growers has awarded $1,000 scholarships to five deserving high school students. This year's winners are Brooklyn McRae of St. Andrews, Janique Grenier of Notre Dame de Lourdes, Kate Lee Heapy of Oak River, Lindsay Whittink, of Glenborough and Sydney Garrelis of Shoal Lake. The scholarships are available to students who are from an MCGA member farm and are planning to attend post-secondary education in any field within two years of graduating. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. 
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday's show, we'll get an update on Manitoba's hemp crop. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.